Hello, everyone, and welcome to Nick Flanagan Weekly, new mic edition. Yes, that's right. I have a new microphone. I hope it's clear. I hope it's crisp. I hope it's nice. I really do hope that because I'm going to be, I don't know, trying to use it to do some high-end stuff, hopefully. Not that the podcast isn't high-end. It's just nobody has written me yet. Uh, in the last little while to tell me the um, uh, sounds bad. So I'm hoping it's not. And with that in mind, actually, for this chat, you're about to hear with Chris Locke, my audio is apparently not the best. This was pre-good mic. In fact, I used a different mic than I usually, usually do. And it didn't work out, even though I thought it was better. Great story to start off a podcast. I'm sure you're still tuning in. If you're in Toronto, uh, my favorite coffee shop, Russell and Still, has opened up a delivery and pickup service. So if you just look up russellandstill.com, you can pick up beans, almond milk, banh mi kits. You can uh, get a lot of different stuff. And if you spend over $40, I think they give you a plant because they sell succulents there. it was one of my favorite places to go to since coming back to Toronto. Uh, they have plants everywhere. They have Vietnamese coffee, uh, some Vietnamese food, including banh mi and, and a, a stew and all kinds of other stuff. And uh, support them if you're in Toronto. If not, support an equivalent business in your locality. So today's guest is Chris Locke. He has been on the podcast before. He's one of my old friends in comedy I didn't mean to hang on to the word old for that long. We are close to the same age, but we are old friends and young at heart. Uh, This is actually the second try we took at a podcast. The first one, we just weren't in the right vibe. You know, something I learned from um, ADHD, reading up on that and reading up on uh, just getting tasks done because this isn't just an ADHD thing, is monitor your energy during the day and you know, do tasks that require certain energies when you know you have that energy. And I guess that day our energy was slightly worried. But today, this interview is actually not as worried, not as stressed out. And I hope you enjoy it. It's also something that we made because Chris has a new podcast called Happy Good, which is a solo Uh, very often solo, meditative, calming uh, podcast, Uh, which, you know, uh, it's as someone who also does a solo podcast, I say, bring it on. The more the merrier. And Chris is amazing. Happy Good is great. I've listened to some episodes and it's, it's really great. It's available through the Sonar Network. If you just look up Happy Good, Chris Locke, or check out the episode description of this podcast, you will find links to it. And he also has a Patreon for it. So feel free to support his Patreon. And if you want to support mine, I'm at patreon.com slash Nick Flanagan and ko-fi.com slash Nick Flanagan. Those are ways to donate either monthly or uh, one time. It really helps. Uh, If you help out Chris, it'll really help. If you help out me, it'll really help. One will help Chris, the other will help me. I think we get into the awkwardness of having a Patreon. And uh, he tells me to just go for it. So I'm just going to go for it. And uh, here it is, my talk with Locke. 
Chris Locke, that is. Okay, we can do a clap down whenever you want. Ready? Right, let's do a clap down. One, two, three. Hey, and welcome to Nick Flanagan Weekly. My guest today is my good friend, Chris Locke. And uh, Chris, you have done a lot of things. You've got several comedy albums. You've got a lot of clips on your YouTube. You've got, uh, you've got uh, um, articles you've written, podcast appearances. You've got credits. And you have a new podcast, the follow-up to your Utopia to Me podcast, which we were talking about. What is this, your second, third time on this? Is it your second time? This is a special second. Yeah, we tried to do another yeah. one the other week, but, uh, you know, we were both in that zone, which is easy to get in. But I'm not really feeling like I'm in that zone today, which is right now, which is great. Yeah, it was like two friends talking about the darkness, which was well needed. But then after we were like, but is that good podcast fodder for the masses? Yeah, like, do they really need to hear anyone talk about really anything? But we're, you know, that's the thing, is it's really just the sound of our voices that will soothe people during this uh, wild time we're living in, this historical time. I mean, if you told me during the LA riots, hey, you're going to have to have this too, I'd go... Just 12. Yeah, what's worse? What's worse, a global pandemic or the LA riots? Well, you'd have to ask DJ Quick for that answer. Oh, yeah. Uh, did he get his record stolen? <laughs> I guess, you know, like, well, maybe there was a lot of stealing. I mean, this is selfish on my part, but out of the LA riots, two cool things for music lovers came out of it Ice Cube's The Predator. Yes. And Porno for Pyro's first album. That was an L.A. Riots album? Well, some of the themes are in the, that album, and Porno for Pyro's is from watching the riots on TV, and, that name. Ah, uh, uh, Porno for Pyro's. And, and is but pets, there you go. Is Pets about... What's Pets about? You remember Pets? Um, we make oh, great pets. No. Oh, I'm getting... I got to turn my... I'm getting notifications. Turn your notifications off, bro. Pets, pets, I really like because um, it's a, it's about like a, we'd make great pets for the aliens when they come, which is relevant now because the government, uh, the American government, the Pentagon released footage <laughs> of alien oh, yeah. uh, UFOs, and they're like, no, these are seriously UFOs. We don't know what they are. Um, but I, yeah. it's probably China or Russia, right? I mean, do you think it's part of the whole uh, like re-election push where they're like, you know, if this gets any worse, I'm going to give you so much bonus content that you <laughs> don't even mind. <laughs> yeah, I definitely think that Trump should have saved the uh, UFO footage for his Patreon bonus content. <laughs> yeah, it's going to be so funny. He's like... Everybody, I'm on Bandcamp, and they're giving all the revenue to me today. So uh, please buy my album, which is called... Uh, uh, China did it. China. <laughs> uh, China. How, how's, your, uh, how's your day so far, Chris? It's okay, you know. Um, I, I, uh, 
I kind of freaked out the other day. I think I drank too much at night, uh-huh. which is weird to do when you're home all the time, pretty much. Well, yeah, but it's not irregular for a great deal of the populace. I know, and but we have the two kids that are up 12 to 14 hours a day. And then also I've been playing Zelda Breath of the Wild too much. And I think I'm not a big gamer as much like you are, I think, yeah. play games. But I think that I... So is there... Can I ask you then, a pro? Mm-hmm. Is there something... Uh, a truth to getting like a video game specific headache probably yeah i mean i think it's just screens like if you think about it you know right now i think that the even people like us who were like glued to screens before just because of fucking phones and uh yeah whatever social media social media mirrors um we uh uh we could can get headaches from screens for sure and also it's yeah i got this it could just be from craning your neck, you know, to... to and tension. I think a lot of tension is running through us all right now constantly. Yeah, well, I, uh, I'm telling you, I'm so glad I got so many massages, you know, that I was... I, yeah. Like, people laughed at me. Oh, Nick, what's up mm-hmm. with all the massages? And I said, look, I got it. Mm-hmm. Just, but, of course, the problem is you go to the DTs and withdrawal. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah, and so you haven't, you don't masturbate. Okay, interesting. They call it milfat. You, yes, because you usually go to a massage and get one of those massages that's above um, a beef stew restaurant. <laughs> More like next to one. One of them is next to the burgers priest. These are above board massages. Oh. These are above board oh, massages, okay. but I will say that it's very mm-hmm. important that you you are comfortable enough with your m- masseur masseuse, uh, mm-hmm. your body to let them touch your butt. Yeah, I have a place to go that I go to in uh, Bloor West Village, I guess, is where I live close to. Mm-hmm. But um, in Toronto, we're talking about because I know you have like you have fans all over the world, right? Uh, I think people are listening all over the world. I was, I, you know, I... You have I, fans in China. In fact, this is the podcast that is responsible for <laughs> pr- promoting the, uh, or inspiring the Democrat, um, no, not the, the Democrat, Democratic yeah. Republic of China. <laughs> Democratic People's Republic of China was actually started because I went back well, why to wouldn't the, the word be dem- Why wouldn't, yeah. Why wouldn't the word be democratic, though, if they are protesting for democracy? Wouldn't democratic make sense in that? I don't know. I think there's a whole thing with, like, countries where they just, like, use a word that sounds good so people are enticed, mm-hmm. and then they're like, yeah. hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's more communism than democracy, and now we've slipped this weird capitalism into the communism, and it's uh, kind of mm-hmm. intense. And, Labels. Uh, we all we make up labels and we drown in labels more than anything else. I call them blabbles. It's just blabber. Yeah. One time I was drowning in the uh, sea and someone said, "Hey, you're drowning in the ocean." And I said, "Labels, man." <laughs> <laughs> you know who says it's the ocean? Just us. We're, we're you know what I mean. The mic I'm using has like a <laughs> sales label on it that I tried to peel off yesterday, and I successfully yeah. did so but there's still like the gunk on it and it's definitely worse than having the label. Yeah. I shouldn't have peeled the label off. 
So I see your metaphor there is that let's not play with fire here. These uh, labels are here for a reason. We have labels for a reason. That's why it's so important to say that. So once you start peeling the labels off, the well-established labels off, you start getting stuck in uh, gooey gunk quagmires and nonsense. Oh, uh, the goo gunk quagmire band was uh, <laughs> one of the best fish openers I've ever not seen, having never seen fish. <laughs> yeah, my uh, I have a bunch of uh, rich kid friends that would uh, collect um, cassette tapes of live recordings of the Goo Gunk uh, band <laughs> jam sessions. Bunk, the Goo Gunk Bunk family band, where like young gunk, <laughs> young gunk is pushed into the spotlight just to make their parents famous. Yeah, you know? yeah, it's good. Goo Gunk family band. Yeah, right. Like a little. Uh, boy uh, not wearing pants playing the tambourine. That's an interesting place to go. <laughs> no, I mean, <laughs> probably like, a little easier for you because you only got daughters. I got daughters, <laughs> but I, I was thinking like more of the hippie, uh, free, free, free flowing freak thing, like yeah, freak flag fly, not like any kind of perverted thing. Until like 10 years ago, it was totally different like, for children up to the age of nine to just like be naked or like some parent is like here's a yeah. picture of my kid and then you're like i really don't know why you're doing this but now starting two days it would be a naked picture of a kid with like a smiley face emoji over the head and while me and my sister when we were little kids we were always naked running around at the cottage jumping in the lake and stuff and go and that song was playing all the time go on to the country <laughs> and it was followed up by Hot time, summer in the country. <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, all these fully clothed kids in the city were singing that song. <laughs> Hot time, Hot. summer in the city. How do we solve this problem legally? <laughs> <laughs> Looking in my parents' pockets for change to get popsicles. Looking at the clock, it's about that time to take off Popsicle. my pants and do a um, pantomime. <laughs> <laughs> Pantless mime. Pantless mime, pantsless mime. That's Have you ever gone to uh, Montreal and gotten wasted and uh, had sex with a pantless mime? <laughs> no, but I have uh, tried to talk to uh, the unhoused people there, and it's always mm -hmm. uncomfortable. You know, they'll be like, and they'll be like, yeah, that's pretty good. I remember going to, probably went to Montreal with you a bunch of times, but one time yeah. we were at like a heavy metal club and you were talking French to everybody. You were pretty good at it. <laughs> that was when I was going there more. I mean, the more you go, yeah. the more you go, the better you get, you know? Yeah, the Frencher you get. So you got to be careful. Like, how yeah. French do you want to go? Do you want to go full or do you want to bon cop? Bon cop. That's what happens. Do you think that the <laughs> Just only solution... turns into two bon cops. <laughs> bon cop, bon cop. That movie in Quebec is just called Bon Cop, Bon Cop. Right. It's also called... No, it's called Good Gendarme, Bad Gendarme. They actually oh, yeah, you're flip right. Flip under rooms. Uh, so you, we should talk about your podcast just to get that started because I think it's a positive thing and I just 
the last My time podcast we talked, is in think, English, unfortunately. Yeah. yeah, it's. I mean, there should be multilingual versions, but that's not I know. technology. That's There's already a huge demand yeah. for it. Although the rapper probably well, you... used an app uh, on his like HNIC Part Two to make a Spanish version of his song ABC. Like he doesn't speak oh. Spanish, and they somehow made his vocals Spanish. It's very strange. R.I.P. Prodigy. Yeah, R.I.P. Season Begins. That's a lyric of his. I uh, I have a real fond memory etched in my brain of Drink Away the Pain mm. by Mob Deep being played out loud in a backyard party down by Queensway and Kipling. So kind of bordering on Lakeshore area and uh, north of that mm-hmm. and if for Torontonians or Etobicoians. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, it was like we didn't know the people, but we got invited to this keg party and we're standing outside with like beers and the DJ put on drink away the pain. And it just like, you know, those outdoor parties were just like the beats like, and rhymes like echoed throughout the night. And Oh man, and it was created life. Feeling. Yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, Oh yeah. Right. Beats rhymes in life. And, uh, yeah. So that memory is always etched in my brain when it comes to mob deep. The infamous is a, especially etched in my heart. Love that yeah, album. it's a very, I used to know like all the lyrics to that album, which now is not something you can even say. It is, uh, yeah, you can't say any of the lyrics. You can't say any of the lyrics. <laughs> you can't say I memorize lyrics, but you even can't walk around saying Mob Deep's lyrics. <laughs> um, but yeah, that, every, that album was flawless, it's insane. Why do you think so many Toronto high school kids fell in love with New York rap? in the 1990s is it because we were surrounded by caribbean culture and a similar kind of cultural thing uh to new york minus the amazing swagger and deep history of hip-hop i would say that's a good guess but it was also just i can't i can't see why suburban kids in other cities and other areas weren't all caught up in that too i mean raekwon's cuban links infamous you know Liquid Swords, some of all that stuff, Biggie, all that stuff played so much. Yeah. Like, uh, yeah. I mean, it, it was, wasn't like, just it was, I think it was just, yeah, I think it was just the de facto popular music at the time. Also, a lot of people who made that music were very young. And I know that's still true for a lot of music that the kids like today, you know? Billy Ish. Yeah. Billy Ish. And, uh, Billy Ish. Billy Ish. Yeah. But these, Kids were also, or young people were also talking about situations that were like pretty uh, interesting to me because they weren't my experience, you know? And because of the more conversational tone of of hip hop, like I think I was just super into it. And like, just, just like, tell me more, tell me more. Well, you are a bit more downtown. You're like Bathurst and Bloor. Do you want me to not give this stuff away? No, it's fine. I but I but I went <laughs> Am to school. I, near? I, I went to school close oh, you went to, to school where near you grew me. up, and yeah, I you would went to say Humberside. that that side that and it was like that was a much like whiter crowd at my high school yeah. at least, and they still loved the stuff, you know. And they uh, there was a lot of sort of like yeah, my high school was whiter. I was in a uh, close to basically Rob and Doug Ford country. Yeah, I was just over there up. the other day in Etobicoke. Uh, I went to this park because I was wondering what it would be like. You know, which I one, James Gardens? No, I wanted to. I almost don't want to say it because 
I don't want it to get too busy, you know, but it, it was Centennial Park. Uh, and uh, it was, oh, yeah, it was wonderful. It was beautiful. It's I had big. no idea. And there were maybe I'll take my girls there this afternoon. I think you should definitely skip the weekend, you know. I mean, mm -hmm. I know it's Friday, we're recording on a Friday, folks, just a little bit of uh, transparency, yeah. And we're very Toronto centric right now, we are. But all I'm saying is, if you're listening in another city, I think I have a, someone listening in Japan, uh, you know, go uh, somewhere a little further out, and hopefully, it's not as busy as if you're in San Francisco, it's Golden Gate Park. Or yeah, newer woods, weird yeah. woods. I don't know redwoods, you know. But uh, well, I live right by High Park, and it's blocked off with gates. The whole park now you can't even go inside yeah, because they of closed, the cherry blossom fever. They closed High it's Park. It's really depressing because they, which High Park was a fairly well trod uh, park during the this uh, quarantine situation. People went there for air. As far as I went, as far as I know, when I went, the social distancing was pretty much in effect. There weren't that many yeah. people. Yeah, it was pretty good. Everyone was being pretty good. I didn't like it when there'd be a lot of people. A lot, like I did. They closed down High Park and they didn't put up a skyscraper. No, yeah, or a parking lot. There or already a was a parking lot. lot or a shopping mall. Or, yeah. uh, you know, Joni Mitchell. They say she never lies. I in this case... I couldn't remember Joni Mitchell's lyrics, so I, I screwed it up. They're so good. She's a wonderful, wonderful gem. Speaking of Toronto, she was a Yorkvillian. Yes, and I saw her once in a Rabba, one of our fine food supermarkets. And, this is uh, the most Toronto-centric podcast ever. Speaking of, you mentioned Q-Tip earlier. And yeah. uh, I wished that Janet Jackson song had been around, around when I saw her in the thing and when I was behind her I just went and uh, she didn't respond she bought her samosa probably and just walked the hell out of there <laughs> just being Rabbit like, has everything but people only buy samosas <laughs> yeah. when a store has a samosa word gets around I wanted to say that um, here's another Toronto-centric tidbit for everybody listening. We just call this episode Tor Mega Toronto Massive. But I saw, Q speaking of Q-Tip, I saw Tribe Called Quest and De La Soul perform together at the Palladium. That's wonderful. Which doesn't... That was a great which basically, I think it closed down the year after. Like, yeah, I went to so many, That was where I went to my first real show, my first real concert, which I've talked about. That was getting close to first reel for me, too. I was probably 15. I think yeah. I saw Pavement there. Um, oh, that's awesome. Might have seen Semido there. Pavement uh, is a band, and Stephen Malkmus from... Oh, here's another tidbit. This is Trivia City. Let's just make this podcast Trivia, si trivia, trivia City. Trivia City. Let's play Trivia. Here's another Toronto-centric Toronto, Toronto -centric reference. Let's call this podcast uh, Trivia City Limits. <laughs> but... Pavement and uh, especially Stephen Malkmus is like a, a favorite band from the 90s that I still can listen to all the time, all the time, no matter what. And oh, he still releases good albums. Yeah, and one of his talking jokes, about his yeah. So speaking of his backing band, The Jicks, your old email is Jick Flanagan. It's actually my email I still use, which is one of the dumbest professional yeah. choices ever. But there ever. you go. Did that In email history. exist? 
did that email exist before Stephen Malkmus is backing band or did you, did he steal it from you? The I think thing? it was just one of those cases of like parallel thinking. We talked about it, you know, the, even though the premise yeah. was the same, the actual joke of it was uh, quite different. Like mine was a spin on the fact my name is Nick and he called himself, they called themselves the Jicks because it was actually a twist on the, the Rick, the, the Rick. So mm -hmm. a little different, different yeah. enough. Have you ever had, I, still, I got I a comedy question. Have you ever had yeah. something where you go, did they steal my job? Yes. What are you talking about? Everybody, I have silent, quiet beefs in my head for a few people, for sure. I feel like- Oh, are you know, talking about like a more famous person, you mean? No, no. I'm, I mean, I'm just no. thinking, you know, because I, I feel like I've had it, like you, you and I are around the same people age. Have, We've performed yeah. around together. I, I think we have like thematically talked about the same thing, but to, or even, you know, you spend so much time with the community. You and I, the first show we did together, I was with Brian doing the Gerg, which was a sketch group, and you were doing your mega, super steeped in ironic stand-up. Yeah. But that was probably 2002. I know, I've known you for almost I had like the pirate video, pirate video cabaret. What's crazy is I've known you for 20 years, but if you really think about it, we probably passed each other on the street in the West End a couple of times, not even knowing each other. You might have even bullied me, or vice no. versa. I was, I probably hung out, no, I was a sensitive artsy guy still. Yeah, yeah, for but sure. But I, no, I was probably, I definitely probably more of an asshole, maybe, yeah. Me too. I Everybody mean, I, in my, uh, mm -hmm. I didn't have a lot of like-minded friends at my high school. Yeah, I, I hung out with like two people. I had more macho. Yeah, my, my friends were more like either jockey or I hung out with the bad kids, basically. I mean, I just feel you hanging out with like a bunch of people who are nice, but you know, they all kind of talk like this. My closest friends were like nice guys, I think, but definitely had, uh, yeah, bad friends. It's hard Got, not to have bad, tough bad friends yeah, at that time. Did bad stuff. But here's the thing about good stuff. It's weird to admit now. At, I know. Anyways. And it's so okay, regrettable. We need to really invoke the Young Offenders Act with some of our behavior in the high school years because it's just like, you know, the, the, where it's like you can't treat it like the same level of mistake. The problem is, I yeah, also was It's a really kind of harsh like, learning experiment. I was kind of Sorry. a rude boy even into my mid-20s, but, you know. I would I, say me too. I, I had a bad attitude sometimes. Yeah. I still remember an embarrassing thing, uh, early days, probably around 2004 or something, where I was like, I don't know, you were joking around and being a little like cheeky towards me or something. And I, uh, I put on a little tough guy thing for a sec. And uh, you you were like clever and, and uh, you know, kind of, I, I don't know if you called me on it, but you like avoided it by just being like clever and making me realize that maybe I'm being a little stupid here. But I don't well, think you remember that, but I remember that, that. I don't, that's, it's funny what we remember and then another a, a person doesn't remember in like personal interactions, but. Definitely, it's totally fine too. I mean, I, I don't hold it, you know. I mean, the way I've kind of made peace with things is that, you know, 90% of the time I've had good intentions. And, uh, you're not, you know, it's mostly just good intentions with people. So, and if it hasn't been, yeah. it's been my own insecurity. 
most of the time, you know, that has led to the kind of being. Yeah, exactly. The older you get, hopefully and luckily you learn that a lot of that stems from your own fear and insecurity. Yeah. And, and it has nothing to, nothing, nothing has anything to do with anybody else. It's always you, you know what I mean? Well, that's it. It's like, it, 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 it's too bad because all of the cliches are, are, are so true in life. And, and, and one of them is just that, you know, we can't control, we can only kind of control ourselves, you know, hopefully. I, yeah. I mean, it's I'm having a hard time with gaming too. I didn't get enough sleep last night because I was freaking playing uh, Dead by Daylight where you're like a killer chasing people, but in like an online game, you know? Real oh, people. that's online? Yeah, real people. Oh, jeez. Real people. What do, what, chasing them. What system? So I mean, It's funny when you're like, when you're young, uh, when you're young and growing up and learning, and you're always learning, but you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. The high time for all that stuff. And you're hearing like ancient wisdom passed down, <laughs> like you said, in cliches, like from beyond time, from beyond the written time, yeah. wisdom for the age. But when you're young, you're like, nah, 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 nah. Well, <laughs> nah. I, I, I you're mean... like, no, no. You're like, no, nah, <laughs> nah, yeah, for sure. And then, Another big thing that we do, is, that I did, was whatever I liked between the ages of maybe 10 and 13, or even a bit later, when I then went into my 20s, I'd be like, man, that sucks. I used to like stuff yeah. that sucks. And now I hear it and I'm like, nah, that stuff still kind of counts. I mean, and it was made by humans yeah. who put something out and knew how to play guitar or knew how to, you know make a movie called love in a 45 <laughs> which is yeah, like a like, weird 90s movie reference jazzy jeff is super underrated oh, he's one of the best djs of all time yeah. but like you know i'd be i remember someone's dad was driving me and their son who was my friend to like a basketball game that we were playing mm -hmm. uh, and we were playing he's the dj i'm the rapper in the car yeah and that's the second album of fresh prince and dj jazzy jeff and I was like, you know, that was the best. I couldn't believe a dad was letting us listen to that in the car type of thing. And then, of course, in high school, would I be like, I love DJ Jesse Jeff and the Fresh Prince? There's no, no in high school, I suddenly. To, I love, like, like, no effects, gutter mouth. But I was, I hated anything pop at the time. You yeah, know? Like even me too. When I didn't understand the layers in hip hop, I know it's so easy to talk about hip hop for the two of us, but the, like I'd be like, yeah. "Man, Heavy D kind of sucks. He's so pop." And then you look into it, and it's like, "No, he was really, really important in New York rap in his own way." And he was Definitely. also, I and he believe, did so much for the community too. He was from Money Earning Mount Vernon, as well, I believe. Oh, okay. I did a, I did a lip sync to Heavy D in Grade Six. Oh yeah, I want. I love girls. That girls, they love me. What is he's the overweight love a heavy D? But I, though, here's the irony. I had to put a pillow under my shirt at the time to look heavy. And if I did the lip sync now, no problem. Are you, are you losing weight in the pandemic? No, I think the opposite. I'm Why turning into a sludge beast. Do you eat your daughter and wife's food? Yeah, I go, give me that. <laughs> and I snatch it out of their hands. I push them away from me and wow. the food. What a dad. I've definitely eaten more chips, drank more beer. Mm -hmm. I've been, we have cocktail hour at six, roughly. Uh, not daily, but 
too often, like sort of, but we don't really push it. It's almost like doing it. Who's we? Who's we? Can I say? Me and the special friend I'm I'm, uh, cooped up, wound up with. Love and life. Oh. We're having a nice time, you know. Yeah. Uh, and and okay. the government, the government is paying us. I just want to know who you're allowed to have physical cocktail t- hour with, but just yeah, my because... just my quarantine buddy, and you know she's in a uh, apartment building, and I'm here too, and a lot of her friends live in this building, so we uh, step outside into the back and just sort of physically distance the people upstairs. We'll stay up there or in faraway chairs, and we'll just. That's nice. No, because I was asking not to try and gotcha or anything. I don't know if it sounded awkward, but I asking because I do know a lot of people are doing cocktail hours, like Zoom cocktail hours. Yeah, we haven't and, done anything that was official. But you, you get to like kind of be hour. near people, which is kind of nice. Yeah, all of our yeah, it is nice. I mean, there's there's a lot to be grateful for. I'm sure you feel the same way. You know, you have pets. And, you know. <laughs> Excuse me. This is another, this episode is another, there's been some good laughs, but this is another friend episode conversation where it's a friend conversation. I think as long getting, as it's getting as long podcastified. As, as long as it sounds nice, I don't really care. You know, yeah. you're, uh, maybe this is too, too revealing, but I had a chat with uh, your wife, the amazing Kathleen Phillips. And I should say, yeah. the amazing Kathleen Phillips, who is also. She's your wife. my core quarantine buddy yeah and uh afterwards she was like can you not can we just keep this as a friend conversation so um, oh really she did this that too she's so shy about things sometimes but uh she's not a real like she's not a real like promo type of no but it's not even that i want a promo it's like i just want to put her awesomeness out there into the world because it's good that's all you know, like Kathleen was always someone who, as, as you might remember, like I was just, as soon as I saw, as soon as everyone saw what she was doing back in the day, like ten, yeah. when we were doing stuff, I mean, in retrospect, it was just like miles ahead, you know? Of, yeah, she blew us all away. Big she time. was doing these and characters then, that were so well written and funny, you know? And, and I just had to have her on any show I ever put on just because I knew it was a guaranteed good time. I bet you... Yeah, I bet you, like, we were all um, fighting so hard to build our voice and stand out during the early last Sabbath days. I bet you, well, we were aware, but I bet you that she was quite a major draw to a lot of the last Sabbath audience in the early Oh, days. absolutely. No well, that joke, the Joe Club show I put on, she was one of the real draws. I mean, a, a lot of Yeah, and when she did a solo show, it was always, like, rammed and stuff. Yeah, I mean, you know, so... Remember yeah. her and Katie's shows? Yes, yes. Crown and Phillips. Crown and Phillips, yeah. Katie Crown. Those were huge. Those were like two masterminds, just like, yeah, they're on another level, those two. I mean, do you think that that era of like that little Laugh Sabbath, Righteous Wednesdays crowd and a lot of other people in comedy at that time, like, do you think that that is something that people will remember in Toronto or is it, or, or, or do you think it's kind of going to go the way of the pet rock? One person who is always kind and, uh, you know, mentions, uh, and you have a personal connection, like a familial connection. 
Nick Nemiroff sings the praises of the whole early Laugh Sabbath days, and he's like a young guy blowing up now. I mean, I don't know how much you can blow up during the oh, pandemic, but, but like, you know, he just released an album, and he's so damn funny, and he's younger. He's, I think he's... I think he's like 30 now, right? Or something. Yeah, I think he's been older what, than that. What I, oh, yeah, what I'm getting older. at it. No, no, but he's a younger comedian coming up. And uh, and you, uh, his sister, Davida, used to take those awesome promo joke club photos of you, speaking of the scene. Yeah, and but I lived at Davida's in, in L.A. And, you know, Nick. But if Nick gets interviewed or something, like, he'll bring it up. Because I guess he came when he was young. And uh, even Avery so Edison has sort of talked about Last Sabbath, you know. Not really? Yeah. Yeah, that means so much to me because Nathan, I you think know, in interviews, we'll talk about it sometimes. Who cannot? It was come definitely up, cannot not. We come started Last Sabbath before social media. We started Last Sabbath before Last Sabbath, and it was called Righteous Wednesdays. Yeah, there's that too. But I didn't even start it. Um, I I was close to starting it. Maybe I started Last Sabbath. I was probably one of the people involved in Laugh Sabbath because but we you were a satellite performer on Righteous Wednesdays. But Laugh Sabbath I did yeah. the show with Rebecca Adelman. This is getting into the weeds. Our power. Our no. Or yes, our power, yeah. This is getting into the weeds and I need to talk to you about your oh, damn okay. podcasts. Happy Good with Chris Locke. And you can hear my genius wife's voice at the beginning of the podcast. Each episode she goes, Happy Good. Yeah, That's I like that up. a lot when I listen to it. Right. Before, it's really nice to have her even. Cat nap. Okay. Well, it's really. Uh, I've got two episodes out, and I've already got a bonus. So what I'm doing is, is it's happy good with Chris Locke. It's surreal, kind of like a guided meditation by a dumb, silly guy. So it's mostly to make you laugh, but it also hopefully helps you relax. I put like really simple ambient music I made behind what I say. It's half hour and it's released weekly on Mondays. And then I have a Patreon for it, which I've never done before, which is really kind of fun and exciting. And I just released my first hour long bonus interview for tier one, but you get tier one, tier two, tier three. Yeah, and it's with Graham Clark, who's like, stop podcasting yourself. Um, Very 12 years that. running, they've been doing that podcast. Amazing. Him and Dave Shumka. So, yeah, it's so Graham Clark got, is my first guest, and it's it's really fun. But you kind of have to you have to subscribe to hear that. But it's only like, you know, tier one's five bucks or whatever. But um, so we're going to get like, so it's kind of going to have the Utopia to Me ish type interviews monthly on the Patreon. And then the weekly one is free. And that's like the guided meditation, feeling good, positive surreal nonsense stuff yeah that's uh, cool, I, eh? I enjoyed it i enjoyed it uh thanks i've got a patreon too you know it's uh it's hard to what's it called patreon.com slash okay so it's not nick Langan weekly like the podcast no i have a kofi which is another way to do it ko-fi.com slash nick flanagan kofi is good because you can just okay. do a one-time thing you know yeah, but yeah, I'm I having not an easy stuff. time. I'm having not an easy time like telling people that I have this stuff right now because everyone is fuck, everyone is stressed. I mean, that's why it's good you're doing the yeah. meditations. You know, I I just don't know me per, like you have kids, you have the thing, you have to you have to put excuse me bread on the, you have to put bread on the table. But you the know, thing is, too, bread, is yeah, bread. these guys. 
these guys eat bread, these guys eat bananas, they eat eggs, they eat milk, you know, it, it keeps going with these guys, right. these little so it's, girls. It's like first you put the bread on the table, and then they're like, it's not just bread, and then you got to go back to the Patreon and yeah. put your hand in. So it's not like I, we need this stuff more, think, more than ever, but I just, in, in my situation, it's hard to, uh, I just, I'm not doing what you're doing enough. I'm not putting out, I was putting out content thing. for a while. If we're comedians that are not performing on the stage at all, even, and you know, we usually make money doing that, mm. but you're making a product, you're, you're entertaining people and you're, they're taking time out of their day to, to be entertained by something that you've created. You should have pride in that product that you create especially after all these years of building up your, your specific talents or whatever. I, I think you should be not pride, but you should be, it's almost like uh, happy to offer something. You no, know? I, I, I fully am, yeah. you know, I fully am. Yeah. And it's, it's, it's just, a no, but I mean, you even ask for like, Hey, I got this Patreon, you get bonus stuff if you check it out. And it, you know, a lot of it that has to go hand in hand with uh, gratitude and, and being thankful that, you know, every, I, I do have that gratitude and thankfulness, but, but I mean, that should reasons, inspire you to ask because but, it's but my discomfort. I have to get, there. I have to be real with you, dude. Yeah. I have to be yeah. real with you. Mm -hmm. My discomfort stems from the fact that it's just not easy to get that. So I feel like if I don't ask, then I won't get the, if I don't put the word out, then I won't get the sort of thing that can discourage me, which is just not enough engagement on that or whatever people call it, you know? So, But that's when you return to the product and keep pumping out the good stuff so that the product it sounds corny saying the product but you know the content or whatever so it speaks for itself you know like um but i'm speaking i'm yeah. really lucky yeah yeah but are you making people laugh their ass off are you making people what what is the product definition you know just a guy <laughs> went down a discouraging road <laughs> no i'm trying i'm encouraging you to i mean you know we were talking about focus labels. we were talking about labels before i actually can't even handle any label anytime someone yeah. describes something about me or what i'm doing i'm just like ah and uh so okay so let's and then wait, also let's freeze. i can't articulate yeah but so let's freeze on that for a sec you just hit the nail on the head you can't articulate. You don't like labels. So what are you asking people to support? No, I can. Uh, I'm asking them to support me putting this out so I can get. But what is it? What is it? It's a delightful podcast. It's a romp through my mind. It's a discussion. There you go. Stress. There is a lot of humor. Yeah. And definitely. Uh, especially, especially this episode. I actually think this is a funny episode, especially after we cut. It is, but you just, but Nick, you just said it. You said the log line or the, the elevator pitch of what your show is. And that's all you have to tell people. I did. You can, you can, you can be happy promoting that. It's good. You'll do good. You're doing great. You're doing good. Do you really think I'm doing great? I don't know. Every time I talk <laughs> to you, you're in good spirits and you're doing stuff and you're having well, fun. You, you, know, you talk is... to so many people all the time. It's good. Yes, that is true. Uh, interacting all yes. the time. Ever since Here's what I... You know what another... Okay. You know what... A, for everybody listening, you know what? People... 
You know what Nick has also got an insane talent for? He's just got like, out of any of our close friends that I know in our comedy group, you've got the this massive web. You're like uh, you're like what Dale Carnegie calls a connector or something like that. You know, you know that's what our buddy Freddie Rivas told me once. Did he make ago. that up or did Malcolm Gladwell say that? One of those guys said that. I think he said. I know Malcolm Gladwell talked about that in that like book about how. Yeah, Freddie Rivas said that too. Freddie Rivas is a lovely man. He knows. Yeah, but you've guy. got your fi- like between music industry and comedy, which you've had an impact in both for a long time you know so many people and you can bring them on your podcast i mean you got a it's all you got a lot going on you got a lot you know of talents. a ton of people you know a ton of people too but you know it's it's just natural in, in i don't know punk rock legends that i'd like to know well look i'm not getting a lot of phone calls from uh from uh, keith morris but we've <laughs> have you met keith a, morris i toured with keith keith morris baby I've opened for the cycle jokes. Are you freaking? See, that's what I'm talking about. What are you talking well, about? Well, I bombed hard opening for the circle jerks. In, oh, you uh, opened as a comedian. Not on the F, like, yeah, uh, tour. Brutal Nights. Like, he okay. did, did Brutal Nights. He likes Brutal Nights. He, he, he would, the first time he met me, he was like, Brutal Nights, cool. And I was like, wow. That's that is weird. like, see, for me, that is almost like all I would need ever. Well, but this is like how my life works is I, I have had all I need ever. And then you're like, give me another compliment sandwich, please. I could use, I just need one more legend. Well, maybe to tell me. That's well, there you go. You're, what about this? As a you're compliment? a slave. You're a slave to your desires of needing someone else to satisfy your ego. And it should come from within. What do you think of this? Uh, you know, I just want to be heard. I just want to be heard. That's just I don't, so corny. I don't even, so the corny. validation of existence is all I ask. You know what I'm saying? Yes. Like the well, acknowledgement is... of existing without saying, you goon, go in the toilet right now. So that's like a psycho. Um, <laughs> that's a, no, no, I didn't finish. That's Well, that is psycho. No, no. We all have it, though. We're all it's psycho. It's all psycho. But that is a psychotherapist sort of family thing that you need to discuss because that is not uh up for anyone else to do it needs to be satisfied from within because you have to realize or you can realize that that is actually not what you need what you need yeah. is to accept yourself from your inside yourself first I've you need to validate yourself ass. check this out i was so wasted i was wasted that man validated your life i would be so happy he did two versions of wasted he did the black flag and he did the circle jerks yes and we covered uh both do you know that all of all where we covered all of black flags discography i know everyone's a damaged head some people are uh you know like uh outliers and they like my war or whatever yeah i'm the Jealous That's your again. second Gladwell. So it tells me you've been reading Gladwell. Oh, God. I don't, though. I don't really read him. I think I've skimmed some stuff. Anyways. You're jealous again. Say she's But did really, did, did Malcolm... No, wait, what's the... Uh, but is is that the Keith Morris EP with the four songs? Yeah. Jealous again? Yeah. That's my favorite. I, That's my all-time... No, I don't want Henry Rollins to beat me up. 
Uh, but but jealous again is my favorite black flag well, tunes ever dads might beat you up and um the other singer might beat you up too um what's his name i don't know if those guys are doing well uh well they, i don't know the other singer didn't care the other singer didn't care right they, they all sounded great. yeah but but yeah. but keith morris was always the one that resonated with me because he really sounded like i don't know just very emblematic of of the uh, burnout like a uh, white guy who sucks but is yeah. mad <laughs> yeah he was like he had the perfect punk aesthetic a sounding voice everything it was great well, yeah henry rollins definitely took it in a different direction where it was per, speaking of therapy it was pretty dark yeah he's someone who i think has uh tried to solve his own problems forever and i think that's why people really respect him but at the same time it's like you know get on those mm -hmm. meds buddy get on those meds you don't have to just drink black <laughs> coffee and stare at a wall to to so this is your pitch nick flanagan weekly the only podcast that dares to tell henry rollins to get on some meds <laughs> <laughs> I seriously a, a seriously you should grab that yeah okay yeah the you only, I, festival? I went to the festival and he officiated a wedding on the same stage i performed at. <laughs> wow see this is what i'm talking about what the fuck your whole podcast could be like uh, you got to promote that it's tour stories too. It's insane. I mean, all yeah, the shows you've been people you played. That. Yeah, you toured with uh, Hannibal Burris. Well, that was that time place. I opened for with it was Circle Jerks and Dillinger Four and a bunch of other bands in Brooklyn at this big hall. And mm -hmm. Hannibal and I were on the tour, and Hannibal was uh, basically maybe he he was super tight, very good at that, very very uh, jokes. Joe, just real solid at that time. He hadn't moved to New York. He that was like his first his first hour. That was like all that material, like pickle juice and stuff. Yes, exactly. And he was even doing mm -hmm. that thing that you do when you start kind of getting your comedy together where he like had a shirt that was based on one of his jokes and he would like then tell the joke and then be like, and that's why I'm selling this shirt. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And uh, smart. He is a bright one. He did, he did a really smart thing where he just like, once he hit, he was like, uh, yeah, here's what I'm going to do. 19,000 comedy specials. <laughs> you know, he just yeah. was like, I'm going to pump them all out. They're all going to be out there. I'm going to get paid up the wazoo. And then I'm going to do less comedy. Yeah, because I feel like he's definitely moved into some different avenues. I should say I think of him as smart as a comedian and businessman i should say i've met him i've done a few shows with him too and he was always super nice to me but i don't know yeah <laughs> that's pretty nice <laughs> well anyways that's he awesome was, he was Smart just guy. he was really fun to tour with on that one we were you have amazing on. tour stories and you've met everybody but yeah the story about that is circle jerks and, and dylan Gervor played and uh that tour was a huge wake-up call for me i've probably talked about it and you're not one of those guys that kind of just goes, oh, that reminds me of the thing that Dean Ween said to me once <laughs> about my comedy. I mean, you don't I, do that that often. I try not to. I mean, you know, it's, uh, it feels, I'm yeah. so excited about that kind of thing that it's hard not to share mm -hmm. it. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, you have to bring it up in a tactful way. It's kind of hard. Yeah. Like when I put my I have, album. I have some compliments I'm proud of. But, yeah. What's you your proud, what's your proud compliment? You can tell me. 
Kyle Kinane loves your comedy, the respected comic. I think that was a long time ago. I haven't talked to him in a long time. He's a nice guy, though. Uh, Kurt Cobain once said to me, uh, I don't think I'm going to blow my brains out anymore, but then we didn't talk for a while. Scott Weiland once said something to me who was like, I am smelling like a rose that you gave me at your show after you killed the set. And then uh, also, Lane, Lane Staley. Yeah, Lane Staley from Alice in Chains once said to me, uh, did you know, Chris, that I'm also a heroin guy? You know, he died gaming. Zelda Breath of the Wild, for sure. I don't know. It was the early 2000s, so it was probably like Counter-Strike. Is that true, though? Is that actually I true? heard that he had, was on like a huge gaming binge that night and was found. Maybe that is crazy. Gaming. So he's one of those guys that gamed too hard and he forgot to drink Gatorade. Here's a terrible joke. He It sounds like he got the high score. <laughs> speaking really of speaking of uh yeah so my girlfriend and i she more she goes to sleep with audiobooks that's like something she likes mm-hmm. soothes her nice. and it doesn't i i get i focus too much on what's being said most of the time so i don't it doesn't put me to sleep but i'm starting to really love them the steve coogan audiobook is in, uh sorry the alan partridge audiobook is mm-hmm. incredible. It's called Alan Partridge Nomad, and it's done by Steve Coogan as Alan Partridge. And oh my god, it is freaking, Kathleen would love that. You guys have to listen to it. It is so. She's an audiobook freak. All of a sudden, she's listening brilliant. to David Sedaris. She listened to Bob Odenkirk's uh, sketchbook, sketch comedy. Um, oh, maybe his was a sketch comedy album. I'm not sure. No, it was a book. But that's great. Like the only thing insecurity in regards to another lover possibility with kathleen is if steve coogan if she ever met him i would never see her again yeah he's got that he's got that magnetism yeah Uh, she's an alan partridge nut that show this time we've been watching that too and it's been keeping us alive but uh latest storm yeah yeah but but what i was going to say is that the other day I was walking and I was like, I crave the voice of William S. Burroughs. I was just like, why do I want to hear his voice? It's just, he has an amazing speaking voice, but I was like, he's so dark. So I found on YouTube him reading the book Junkie, which is one of his only really narrative, you know, books, very yeah. early book of his. I think it might even be his first or second book. And yeah, I read Junkie. I loved it when I read it, but the audiobook is another level. It's just so good, and I haven't read it for so long that for some reason. And he read it. Yeah, he read it himself. Yeah, this creaky voiced wife killer, you know, uh, yeah. heroin addict. By accident, he he, he claims he says, it was an he accident. told two stories, but I think you know, and he was convicted of mm. manslaughter and absentia. Uh, mm. uh, part of me thinks that when something is that long ago. Um, you know, they have to live with it rather than us. And uh, yes. I, I don't have to, you know, I, I, I've been uncomfortable with him, but I also think he's interesting, you know? And, he's uh, a, yeah, like he's a brilliant person. So it's kind of hard. Um, in my opinion, here, do you want to hear the most white privilege 
thing ever. Um, um, when I was at about 15 or something, my parents took us, 15 or 16, took us to a vacation skiing in uh, Whistler Blackcomb in BC. And I read the book Junkie on that vacation. I was always doing stuff like that. Like So I read William S. Burroughs Junkie <laughs> while in a condo in Whistler, Blackcomb, BC. I know. Like skiing during the day and being like, shut up, mom and dad, you're dumb. Yeah, skiing during the day and being like, learning 1940s hipster slang, you know, in, yeah. in, in, the, in the wee hours. Uh, yeah. I would read fantasy and science fiction in my early teens on cottage and, and uh, vacation trips. And it seems funny that you'd be in the most beautiful environment in the world and then still need to read something that was, you know, fantastical. Like, you know, you, know what you don't need something escapist when you're escaping. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, good point. That's a really good point. Yeah, because these days during the pandemic, all I want is fantasy. I want magic. Um, but you know what audiobooks I've been listening to when I go for my walk, long walks, if I, if I take one during the day, cause we're, eh, I don't know when you're listening to this, but this is still during the pandemic quarantine. Okay. Yeah. Um, uh, I, I really like Ram Dass. Yeah. He's, he's I like, cool. P, I like Pima Chodron, who's a Buddhist monk that is from the States, I think, but she lives in, you know, she works at a monastery or lives in a monastery in Nova Scotia now. And I like, of course, the classic, the one that the guy that gets you into it, Alan Watts. Yeah, I never really checked that guy out. Alan Watts, I love because his whole thing is be his. He actually, his thing is labels a lot. You know, like he's he breaks down that. Uh, anyways, for Happy Good, listening to those guys really helps me focus. Sometimes I'm like, oh yeah, because they articulate these sort of like get out of your head type of themes like so in like they're masters of it you know yeah i mean part of it's my podcast is, tries to be like half of that but then also okay griping about the, the thing is well i don't the, know if, the world around me because i find you know that everybody wants to be uh, something i realized the other day is like a lot of political commentators especially in analysts they're not like experts but everyone's listening to me. It's, and, and there's obviously c common sense, and logic, and, and, and things that, perspectives that are important, no matter what you know or don't know. But it just seems if people are commenting on everything from how to run a pandemic to, you know, why Medicare is important, it, it, it doesn't need to happen, you know, Medicare for all doesn't need to happen. Yeah. It's like, you should be really rooted in, in the why of that. And I don't think people are as much. So it just, I, like, that's what I get frustrated with. And I think that's why I shy away from necessarily trying to push my own self, you know, out there as anything. Because I just think labeling is good, but labeling plus commerce feels kind of scary. I can't really, does that make any sense? What I'm saying? Like trying to say you're something and then trying to get people to buy you because you're that something. And I'm not talking about a Patreon or a podcast or necessarily, I'm just talking about 
the way things are right now. Like, it's not like Ram Dass wrote that book because he was be here now because he was like, I'm going to be a brand, you know? I don't think that happened with a lot of people in the 1960s. And I think that's why a lot of that work has survived, you know, is because the, the um, basis of it was very true, you know? Anyway. Well, that's why I don't like using the word product, but it's like, it's kind of like a catch-all. But I think if you're an artist and you're expressing yourself and uh, there's no shame in that at all. I mean, artists no. have saved the planet Earth over and over daily uh, since the beginning of their creation. But like, I, I know what you mean. I, I really do rebel against commerce myself. We've uh, talked about I, this I, a lot, you know. Yeah, it's disgusting. Um, You're a private yeah, time. Also, yeah, yeah. Especially, yeah, news is all commerce now, like what you are saying. And uh, political stance is commerce. It's, yeah, good work. I, commerce. I mean, I'm not, I'm really not trying to accuse comedians trying to sell their stuff or artists. I, I'm really talking primarily about people who are almost meddling in the public's uh, opinion of very important to our health and life and safety and the safety of our kids i don't have any kids but the kids that i see and uh you know it's it's it, it it scares me and also you know um the other thing to remember that i try to remember is just like i am a bit hypersensitive i i worry a bit about other things as a means of maybe some moral compass but also you know it stems out of my own personal worries you know so so i try to keep myself in check that way too what 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 do you think this if you could describe this podcast to a friend but don't you find the conundrum then of like oh i find the conundrum (laughs) i found it i found the Um, conundrum but we gotta put the conundrum back together then we gotta throw it in the fire this is gonna be quite the challenge, and I am up for it, my friend. Your challenge is I want people to support my art, yeah. but I don't want my art to be commerce. I want people to support my humanity financially. You just don't want to have a job. I want a job. I want this to you be want, a job. Talking to my you friend want my- Chris. Well, he wears a Captain Morgan shirt, or he's wearing a fucking sponsored Captain Morgan shirt for his Captain Morgan sponsorship. Captain Morgan, ladies and gentlemen. Well, what does your shirt say? Your shirt says, fuck it? Yeah, it's not mine. I just, it was in the drawer. <laughs> the drawer. The community drawer. <laughs> the community learning chest. more about where you live. Yeah, there's a community chest where, oh, it looks like I'm wearing the fuck it shirt today. I wonder if that happened at the Branch Davidian. <laughs> oh look T- oh Tina's got the fuck it t-shirt today <laughs> I'm gonna sneeze <laughs> so what are you grateful for today I, I think it's fun we should just close with a little gratitude list bro which is they do that on the mental illness happy hour podcast I listen to but you know those are very like this is just I'm grateful for Listen to how good I am at this stuff. I'm grateful for my funny friends who create these amazing podcasts that get out there and they entertain other people, hopefully, and they listen. And uh, I'm grateful for 
my health, my family, my, my, like my, my funny friends. Uh, there's a lot, even though it's kind of crazy right now. Sony. Um, speaking of how lovely Kathleen is, my wife is just incredible with the girls. Um, she's really. As are you. Joy. Wink. <laughs> What? <laughs> I don't know. I, I don't even remember what I said to catch the joke because I'm trying to. Uh, I don't know. What are you grateful for? I'm great. I'm grateful for the classics. I am grateful for moments of pure love and joy, and I'm going to relate this to you because I actually think that I don't even know if we were in a day. I think a day of pure love and joy. This, uh, on on that particular day, but there is a picture of us from like nine years ago that that guy Rob Trick took at the Dominion Tavern, oh, yeah. where we look like little mm -hmm. kids, and we're both laughing, and it's yeah. like pure love that picture, you know, to me, and and uh, it's moments like that, or like you and the the hearing that song at that party, and everything sort of like perfectly interlocking and it just feels like everything in that moment is safe and right and i'm grateful for the moments like that that i've had and the fact that do you remember the picture being taken or do you just remember the picture of course i remember the picture being taken the guy's like one of those dudes who's like hey i'm gonna take a picture yeah i'm also this yeah i i think i think that uh you know, it wasn't, it wasn't like a posed Sears picture, but I think he, like, at least walked up to us and did that, like, click, you know? Yeah. Um, but that's what also what makes our products so valuable. Let everybody know that you and I still have that kid in us, like you are saying, that's full of pure joy that we access mm -hmm. to create. Well, everyone has that kid in us, and I, it's funny, like yeah. seeing one and of it, the but we things. we help you tap that. Comedy oh, yeah. helps people tap that goofy kid, that silly kid. I haven't done really. Don't any, undersell yourself. No, I haven't done any of that prop like proper Zoom stand up if such a thing exists. Like nobody's asked me to do one of these things. I haven't, but it's okay. I've been, I've been doing okay. this stuff Trust with like me. my manager's roster. In, which is like like Jessica of Avail Comedy, where we read a script. I think the last time I met up with you, I talked to you about that. We did these group reads. But yes, then she was just like, and this is kind of like a, sounds like such a simple, done idea, but she was just like, the part where we were all talking and joking around before the read was amazing. Cause, yeah. And it was, it was such a joy talking to these sort of friends of mine who were all in Los Angeles, basically, and are so funny. And... Yeah. So we did one yesterday where just we all just chatted for like an hour. It's like Chris Fairbanks, so damn funny. And, and oh, he, yeah. he was in it. Ryan Singer is like bright and unique and funny. And um, Gareth Reynolds from The Dollop, super funny. And every, yeah. Maggie May is hysterical. Megan Keister is like her. And we're, we're all there. Uh, and and no, nobody, and Paul Danke is, is great too. He hosted Blam, 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 you know, uh, this great LA show for the longest time. Uh, and we were just shooting the shit and it actually felt normal. Nobody was really talking about the COVID quarantine stuff. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, and, and it just it just was something. So I am I am grateful for that kind of grounding moment. And like you said, being in touch with people is just like so massive. So I'm, I'm also mm -hmm. grateful to have people listening to my podcast, by the way. I know it was griping earlier, but 
but it's like there are people who listen to this and i'm very thankful mm-hmm. there are people tell me so wow people mention it to me and you know what else i'm grateful for there's a lot of young comedians who have been super nice to me like when i've done an album recording and there's like younger comics at those shows i'm just like you know i'm, I'm just like super into it even if they do uh, want to eat my body when i die i'm just glad they're at the show toronto especially right now has the best young comedian scene oh, ever they're it's sweethearts. insane from so ages sweethearts. 23 to 32 i think there's like this group of just amazing comedians out there creating so much stuff yeah, well i gotta so, take the yeah you gotta, gotta take go. the girls outside we're done but I'm thanks for the chat i'm outside. grateful for this chat me too it was so nice and it was like this was what i wanted to do even if it wasn't about anything we just needed to be like the happy people that we are inside the children yeah and your podcast is great I listened to Thanks. the first one. I'm going to listen to the second one. I can't wait. Thanks. I love the music. I think you made it yourself. That the back yeah. track is. And, uh, definitely. You know, definitely people should subscribe, rate, review. Hit up Chris's Patreon. And, you know, if you got a few extra yeah. bucks, slide into my Patreon DMs. But right definitely. now, I'm saying, you know, help out Chris because that will help his daughters have the bread and more. <laughs> All right. Thank you. That was perfect. Perfect wrap up. Okay, I'll talk to you soon. Yeah, friend. Have a good walk. Bye. Bye. And that was my talk with Chris, Chris Locke, hilarious comedian. I'm sure he'll be doing some of the many live Zooms. Follow him at Chris Locke Fun at um, Instagram and uh, I think it's Utopia. I, I can't remember. He has a new account on Twitter, so just look up Chris Locke and you'll probably find his Twitter account. So, yeah, and be sure you listen to Happy Good, his new podcast. Be sure you support the Patreon he's got going on if you can. It's got bonus episodes. And as always, I also have a Patreon and a Kofi account. Kofi, in case you didn't know, gives all the money to the person in question who has the Kofi account. So if you don't want the Patreon fees, just go to Kofi.com slash Nick Flanagan. That's K-O-F-I. Or Patreon.com slash Nick Flanagan. That helps too. Anyway, see you on the flip side. I'm so, I hope the sound wasn't too bad for this podcast and have a great day. Oh, Nick oh, God. Flanagan oh, God. Weekly oh, man. Nick Flanagan Weekly.